Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Welcome to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars as we kick off the western swing, if you will, the fall swing of NHRA as teams are rolling into Las Vegas. Lots of news there to talk about. NASCAR and Homestead. Eh, not a whole lot to talk about there. We'll touch on base on a couple things. And the F1 throwing their hat in the ring when it comes to the financial World of Motorsports is a little dispute kicks off this week. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And who knows what else might come out of my mind this week on this week's episode. But the only way to find out is to get to it. So here we go. This week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars brings in someone that if you are in the weeds or not in the weeds, or if you can read, whether it be in a publication, social media, or maybe a bathroom stall across the country in a truck stop or an airport, going to bring in the guy that made black and yellow before the Pittsburgh Steelers ever thought about it, worldly famous, and is now painting the world red with elite performance mr scott woodruff welcome to the show woody if you will hey, hey how are we doing uh, i you know it's it's the off season rapidly approaching it's turning cold in the midwest i know you're not oh, yeah. um you're not immune to that as uh we both uh prior to recording talked about getting the heck out of the midwest and m- moving to warmer weather yeah. uh What's uh what's new in Woody's world? Oh man, uh, got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we got a lot of stuff. You know, obviously, I transitioned uh, early July to uh, work for Elite Motorsports and and Richard Freeman and all of his companies. So um, so that's been a that's been uh, been a lot of fun. Been there I don't know ninety or so days and and. Uh, you know, really, really just kind of dove into getting to know the businesses and, and how they interact with each other and what the goals are and, and what the synergies are between them. And, and uh, you know, clean up some websites. <laughs> um, just a lot of that little kind of little stuff that, uh, that, that, you know, some of that stuff gets overlooked. You move on to other things. But, you know, Richard and his whole organization, obviously, I've known him a very long time um and worked hand in hand with uh with everybody there you know at some level prior to um actually being an employee there but uh but yeah lots going on between the engine shop uh, elite performance uh which primarily focuses on the uh, pro stock and pro mod engine building um i know that they're working on some marine stuff or have worked on some marine stuff um then we've got uh elite motorsports which is kind of the the umbrella company if you will that uh you know really that's where the race team is uh is involved um and uh, all the all the motorhome sales trailers uh you name it kind of goes through that entity then there's uh, oh gosh, 
<laughs> That's terrible. Uh, Patterson Elite, which is the sportsman engine building business, kind of like Elite Elite Performance, but only on the sportsman side. And then, uh, and then obviously the uh, Elite Cultivation and Processing, um, and that's been a pretty uh, pretty interesting business to to dive into. Um, you know, just you know, all those people that paid attention in, uh, in, in science class back there are, are certainly next door getting it done, um, there in Winniewood, but, uh, but it's pretty neat process to see something that, you know, you're, you're essentially, they're harvesting, uh, not to get off topic about, about once a month, a little bit less than once a month. So you're tricking a plant through, uh, through lights and uh, and so forth and different different growing methods uh, to accelerate, you know, what takes months and you're turning it into two days, you know, really weeks, but uh, pretty neat process. You know, they really have one customer at this point and it's really private labeled. So there's really, there's really no reason at this point, no need to go out and work on, on a lot of branding with that, um, you know, but you know, they have uh, getting ready to start branching out into the edible world and, and so forth. So we, we do have some packaging and stuff going on there. So that's been kind of fun, just kind of seeing how that's all evolved, um, you know, is, is neat. But uh, just got back from being uh, being in Winniewood, uh, both before and after the race in Dallas. So good stuff. Lots happening. And, and well, we got some good stuff on the racetrack going on. So, uh, oh, so that's, been, that's been pretty cool. And it's, and obviously, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's that time of year, um, that you should be sewing up your stuff for, uh, for next year, if you haven't already. So, uh, there's still a little, we've still got a couple things to tidy up on that end, um, for a couple of the, the, the cars, but, uh, but we've got some exciting announcements coming up here soon that, uh, that I think will shock some people. So. Oh, a little tidbit there, if you will. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I always like the the shock and awe piece of it, especially when it involves business. That's when I'm like, yes, those match up, those work together. That's that's a winner. That's a no brainer right there. So I always like those. So let's talk about this transition because you're somebody that. I mean, the Coughlin last name obviously is Jegs, but you were either behind the door, holding onto the spear, pushing the, the, the shaft with the spear arrow, making everybody understand what black and yellow is across, across the motorsports world. And now you've taken all these years of experience and you've kind of transitioned into an organization where there is some retail sales that I probably I'm I'm going to venture to say is probably less than 50% of probably their annual revenue and really more so a B2B company. How is, how are you seeing that structured over there? Cause you're coming from one big umbrella at JEGS into an organization that's got their fingers in a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, I think um, the one similarity between both, organizations definitely um you know jegs has obviously been a family family business for decades <clears throat> and obviously there was some transition there recently but you know um the freeman family it's a family business and i think you know family businesses thrive on passion and culture 
and uh, and morals, you know, to be quite honest. So, um, you know, those those are a lot of similarities. Um, the racing just kind of takes it to a whole nother level because, you know, I you've probably heard me say it, but, you know, I look at racing as competitive problem solving. So whether it's on the track or off the track, you know, you know, if I have my PR hat on, you know, I, my top 10 is, is used to be, you know, years ago when there's no other measuring stick, but Joyce Julius, you know, you, you know, I wanted to make sure that we were, we were top 10 on there and we always were, you know, so that was, you know, you, you just kind of, you got to be creative and try different things. But I, I think the evolution, you know, you know, me personally to work, work at Jags, um, side by side with the ownership and the family for years is, um, you know, I learned a lot about how to treat people. Um, you know, they're, they're very good as a family, as far as exceeding expectations and understand customer service and relationships and values. So that's, uh, you know, but when you, you mix racing in with all that, you know, you got adrenaline and you got, uh, you have com- competition have i mean sometimes the hardest thing you got to do is just have everybody get along you know uh and fortunately we have an amazing group um that i've seen firsthand and and me personally i mean i when i walk into the elite pit it's feels as close to a family feeling to me as it did when when Jag and Troy were racing pro stock and Mike and Jay, Mike and John were racing pro stock trucks and Jag senior was, there was just a, there was just a, a family feeling. It's, it's, it's real. It's not forced. It's natural. And, you know, you excel in situations like that and in environments like that, you know, all tides rise. So. I'd like to think so, I learned. I'd like to think I learned a lot over the 24 years, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, you know, it's it's interesting now to talk to talk to people that are you know might pull me aside at a race that hadn't prior. Um, that's been kind of comical at times, but uh, but just know all all good stuff. So how does the how does the transition for you going from that? you know, I mean, just call it the number one high performance company distribution company for, for products, you know, in the country. And now you're over there and you, and you walk in with, with a large personality. Okay. And I, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Everyone can, everyone would vote yes and say that Richard Freeman has a persona about him, that he's a large personality, right? He he legitimately is someone that someone could make a cartoon about, slamming their hands on the desk. They're slamming their hands on the executive boardroom desk and says, damn it, I don't care. Get it done. And gets up and walks out. And now you're walking into that. And are you wrapping your arms around all of it? Are you, or are you just kind of at this moment, are you still in an evaluation period? How are you doing this from an executive side to move them? Because they're aggressive. They want to win. They have that competitiveness about them in everything they do. And now you're coming in there. How is that for you? I mean, what are you, how's your dynamic? How do you feel with your energy for everything? Well, you know, two things, 
<clears throat> Richard and I obviously have a unique bond. Um, you know, years ago, um, on a serious note, years ago when my wife, <clears throat> when we had an oil fire um, in the kitchen, you know, she got burned. My daughter got burned. I was at Houston, you know, I was back, I was on his plane in 30 minutes, you know, flying back to, to Akron, you know, to, uh, to go to Akron Children's Hospital. So, um, you know, he's, you know, that's, that's a bond that the two of us will always share, you know, as a, you know, really a, a big thank you. Um, um, but I, you know, the relationship with, with him is very similar to the relationship um, that I have and had had with uh, Jeg Jr. Um, but it's like, like, I'll give you a great example. You know, there's like, a, I think last year at some point, uh, TJ bumped, bumped a, uh, a little curb down on the top end, you know, that nobody even saw. <clears throat> well, one of our, our uh, sponsors thought it would be really funny to, you know, put curb feelers on this thing and, and uh, on the race car. And I mean, okay, nobody, I didn't know anything about this, you know, so I get a call. This is, I'm working, well, I was working for Jags then. And I get this call <clears throat> from some unnamed person in the race shop in Winniewood that called me and said, Hey, do you know about this? And I don't think it's very cool. And, you know, do you think you can help? And I, and I, I mean, I must've been having a bad day or something. I said, yeah, I got this. And I dropped the phone, called Richard. I'm like, Hey man, what the F, you know, what's this with this curb feeler thing and da, 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 da. You know, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, you do. It's in your own effing building. You totally know what it is. And he's like, he goes, let's just start this conversation again. I don't like how it's going. And it was hilarious. Okay. So he hangs up. I hang up. And I wait, you know, like three minutes or so, you know, just to, just to call him back. Just so I, I was just kind of stirring with him, obviously. But so I call back. I'm like, Hey man, how's the weather today, Richard? How's everything going? You know, hey buddy, you know, and he's just like, fuck you. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I love you like a brother, but God damn it, you're a pain in the ass, you know? So, um, but you know, that's, you know, working, I, I will say working with Jag and his brothers, you know, I've been very good at being able through the years designate what's friendship and what's business you know and you know to me there's 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 a line in the sand and i typically know where it is just about all the time so i think it works <laughs> well i i'm sure that if we were going to have a reality show that would probably be the nights when they preview the you know the coming next week clips and it's and it's probably it's probably Richard in the center yelling at somebody and, and somebody yelling that Royce Lee is the anger management person that somebody needs to go see and have a conversation with. So, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, at the same time, I'm envious of you and jealous at the same time, but also I'm also humored because I just want to, it's just the thought process that I can only imagine that you're going through strategy wise as you're moving forward like you said 90 days obviously you know tj's been in pro stock for a while you've had the longevity there uh 
you know, the grapevine has all these rumors coming out about, you know, what, what TJ's car is going to look like next year. And, you know, all the, the dot-com forums with, you know, no more yellow and black and so forth. Uh, so none of that is, a, you know, would be a surprise if that truly does come out. But at the same point, where do you see your, your like your focus? If you were going to have that grad school conversation with some peers and you're, you're not complaining about the, the landscape of motorsports marketing, but you're talking about, where you think you're going, where, you know, the next segment move, if you will, you talked about Joyce Julius, you know, a lot of people in the, in the field read sports business journal and ad age, and, you know, they're doing their research and, and so forth. But for you in those conversations, where do you see the next move of bringing into the fold, the next economic move into the world of motorsports is specifically in, in your case into drag racing. Well, I, you know, um, I think a race team basically has to turn into an agency, you know, and treat it like you have this asset, this racing program. And, you know, if there's a midway presence or something, why not run that for somebody, you know, so that it's all done under one, you know, one management flow, um, the consistency's there, you know, I, I, like, for example, one of the, one of the things, you know, I looked around initially at, at the Quadras stuff, you know, and obviously when I worked for Jags, I was very looking at Jags, but, you know, this has been a lot of fun to be able to look out at a lot of other things, you know, and it's kind of like, I got some new canvases, you know, as <laughs> kind of, you know, so I, I look at the Corral stuff and, you know, after we visited Leon, Mexico, um, you know, soon after I started and uh, went through Corral, went through Quadra, went through all the factories, spent three day, three or four days there, you know, really, you know, got immersed in the in the um, in in the culture with the Quadra family and saw some amazing things. Um, heard some amazing stories, uh, met some amazing people, you know, um, but they have an, their, their business is, is, um, very, very large in scale and that they, you know, 92% of the exotic skins in the world are, you know, they go through him, you know, if it goes to Prada, it's coming from him. If it's a Gucci, it's coming, you know. Louis, it's all coming from him, you know, um, when I say him, I say their family, um, but, you know, here's also a guy that really, really, really in family that cares about their employees. I mean, he took 35 girls that were prostitutes off the street and put them in their, put them in a factory where they're in their own factory, you know, providing a better life. I mean, that's, you know, you look at morals, that's, that's pretty strong. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, but, you know, there, after we saw all these things, you know, and we, and we hear about, we go through a boot barn or a Cavenders or any of these uh, stores, you know, you, you quickly see that, you know, boot barns pretty much private labeling a ton. 
you know, they're building their own brands. So the Quadra brand's kind of being shoved in the corner or the Corral brand. And, and, you know, you look at that like, okay, well, now this makes sense, you know. Ask a lot of questions. When I, I actually, I walked in a retail store for Boot Barn right across from the hotel in Topeka. My wife and I just started walking around, me and TJ. I think TJ, yeah, TJ was there. And just asking questions and, you know, just asking questions, getting educated, you know. Um, so, you know, all of that, we kind of came up with the idea that, you know, we need to do a, a pop-up. We need to do this in a trailer where we need a 52-foot trailer. We need, a, we need this thing to come down and have a big retail presence where we can, um, you know, I, I use the term pop-up retail, pop-up store because, you know, we can take this to the, on behalf of Corral boots or quadra take this unit to the amas uh take it to the country music awards take it take it to the super bowl take it to the daytona take it take it wherever we want um and that's 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 uh you know we've started working on that project getting working on getting a trailer built to be ready for next year and um that's been that's been a fun project to to kind of start on. That's gonna that's gonna take up a lot of time during the off season for sure. So, are you looking like was that and was that something that when you when you were first coming into Elite that you looked at and said, okay, this is gonna be something that I can grab hold of and help them move forward? Was I mean, did you look kind of look at it as a challenge, if you will? Um, you know, it's something Richard and I talked about and, and really, um, you know, in some of the discussions, I'm kind of, kind of going to be like the person behind Richard, just, you know, making sure all this stuff lines up, you know, because he's like you said, you know, I mean, he's kind of, he's, he moves fast on things. He moves on to the other deal, you know, and, um, and that's kind of how that's the nature of who he is, how he works. I mean, he gets up, he leaves his driveway at the same, walks out the door at the same time every morning, goes to the same place, gets a shake, goes to the office. I mean, it's, it's quite comical actually. I mean, everybody knows that <clears throat> like when I go in town, I typically stay with him and Mark Ingersoll might be over there or, or uh, Tim Freeman if he's in town and, and uh, you know, we all know that your ass better be in that kitchen at seven 30 because he's walking out the door at seven 30. <laughs> this week's episode of races and rental cars is brought to you by the great folks at equalizer hitches. Do yourself a favor, stop by equalizerhitch.com. Check out Sway Control if you're out there traveling around the country, whether you got a dirt track, motorcycle, drag race, boat, RV, travel trailer, I don't care what you got. If you've got something hooked behind it, you need a Sway Control hitch product, safety tools, leveling. The, the website is a plethora of information. So stop by see equalizerhitch.com. You can always check out, use the code DRAGRACE in checkout, save yourself some money. 
Go to social media, like them, follow them, comment, send them a private message, tell them that you heard about them on the Racers and Rental Cars podcast. Again, equalizerhitch.com. Right. So, I mean, that, that being said, I guess you're kind of alluding to the fact that we're going to have the Corral family is going to kind of be under that umbrella at elite for, for many years to come. If we're looking at doing pop-up retail stores and so forth to uh, further their business, if you will. Yeah. I mean, really, really our thing is to really, um, you know, really tie in the business and the racing Um, in a perfect world. We want that. We want that business to pay for the racing um, in fact, we, we have a second shop that is, uh, across, <clears throat> across from, uh, elite motorsports, one exit down. Um, and we actually call it El Chapo and that's, that's <laughs> Fernando calls it El Chapo too. So it's all good. But, uh, so all the, uh, all the, all of their stuff will eventually be over there. Um, okay. and, and I think, you know, really the goal with Fernando after sitting down with him and his family is, you know, he is, he wants to race with his sons. He wants his sons to, to learn how to race the right way, which he feels like is the way that, you know, is the way that we're doing things. Uh, very much open book. Somebody asks a question, we answer it. You know, there's no, nothing hidden between those seven cars or eight cars. If it, if it happens to be an eighth car during the weekend, but, um, you know, at the same time, Fernando has a, you know, he's got three boys that that are involved in the business, learning the business, eagerly learning the business. So, um, you know, that's a lot to balance. And again, you know, had I not had the experience uh, working for the Coffin family and Jegs, you you would not understand that dynamic. I mean, it's 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 really as simple as you know, from a PR standpoint, somebody might think that this is the greatest thing going on, but not know the fact that okay, this is what's going on at the business, and you know, something that I that I learned from Jeg Senior you know, years ago was, you know, the pecking order is family business racing, you know, period. And that thought process, the same way that your, 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 your uh, military process is with your head is as embedded in me as that is. So um, it's very easy for me to default, you know, my natural, natural instinct or trained thought is something that's that I've done before. So does that challenge excite you? I, I mean, I, and, and let me, let me back up a little bit because, you know, here it is. I, I, I guess I could go back and try to figure out how long we've known each other, but I know we've known each other at least a decade and you've been around for, for a very long period of time as you've grown jegs and moved throughout the world of motorsports, right? So, you know, is this 
was this move, right? I mean, I, you know, they talk about some individuals in life, professionally speaking, takes every five or seven years, executively speaking, and you move on or reinvent yourself, right? You take the next step up a ladder, move to the next corporation, and, and you kind of, you know, move yourself around uh, to stay hungry and aggressive and so forth, and, and to have some sort of excitement, if you will, uh, in your career. You you had uh, what one other job? You were an investment guy first, and then you went to you went to Jegs, and now here it is. You're with Elite. Was was there a sense of excitement, challenge wise? Yeah, I want to do this. Or did you and your wife sit back and go, "Yeah, is there something else we want to do?" I mean, how did that go for you? Well, to be honest, I never <clears throat> I never talked to my wife, <laughs> but about that. Um, I literally, you know, when I resigned, you know, I literally called Richard when I was driving home and said, Hey, by the way, you know, I just resigned. And he's like, all right, well, you're coming here. You know, I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do? You know, he's like, same stuff you've always done, you know? So, um, and then we talked through that. And by the time we hung up the phone two, three minutes later, it was done. You know? So I called Jennifer. I'm like, Hey, by the way, blah, 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 blah. But you know, I mean, she knew I was going to resign, but she, you know, she was just like, you know, okay, cool, whatever. Do you have to move there? I'm like, no. <laughs> so, so, uh, so all that stuff was great, but you know, um, yeah, it's a, you know, but I, I think every day is a challenge. I don't, I don't, uh, that's just kind of how I approach things. So, um, I think there's a, there's, I think I, I have a lot of experience in this world, in this environment, specifically working with drag racing, specifically working with pro stock. So um, it's nice to look around in other parts, you know, because I, you know, my attention span is great at times not so great at others so so it it really does fit my personality to have have a lot going on all the time you know I, I tell people that's that's just how I'm wired you know I mean if I it used to take me three days to figure out my phone wouldn't ring on a cruise you know just because I'm out in the middle of water and it's used to ringing but um you know I just, I just kind of try and approach situations as trying to make things better, you know, not a thousand percent better, just 1% at a time, you know, and it's, and then it's not so overwhelming, you know, I give you an example, you know, I looked at the, and I'm not your social media guru by any means, but I dove into all the elite stuff and, you know, since, since then our engagement's way up but it's just, it was just common sense things just to do, you know, and cut and when you post things and what you post and how you post. And yes, you, there are times you got to tag everybody. And I'm guilty of that because that's the sponsor side of me that wears that hat, you know, but then the social guy says, you just screwed up the algorithm for the next week by doing that, you know, but <laughs> It's got to be a tough, tough talk with Dion about that, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah actually, that's really me because he's working. He works for uh, Marty Robertson now, but uh, oh, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah. It's it's uh, 
and he's funny because no joke, like we, uh, I don't want to say he threw a dagger at me, but he, he made a comment. Um, he wasn't looking to pick an argument after the fact, but he said, Hey, you know, your guys' engagement's way down, blah, blah, blah. You know? And I'm just like, what? And I didn't say anything then. I just kind of, I thought it was just Dion being Dion, you know, my son being my son and spouting something off, you know? So I waited till I get home. I started diving into it and sent him some screenshots, you know, and he's like, Oh, I wasn't looking for an argument, you know, that, you know, so it was kind of funny, but. Well, there's, there's one thing about it in, you know, I have talked about it recently on the show and Cam and I have talked about it in the past, right? It's the passion piece of, of the sport and why we do it. Right. So like legitimately, you don't have to do this. It's not, it's not a have to, you, you, you have no reason whatsoever to have to justify yourself to the community, to the world. You have broke the ceiling when it came to what you accomplished for the Jake's family and the world of motorsports. So it's not a have to, and you're passionate about it. And I think that that's, you know, I had a conversation with Elon Warner in Topeka about the fact that our world of motorsports behind the scenes, the experience factor, the, you know, you, you, we all go to school and we learn the philosophy, if you will, the foundation, the book version, and then you have to come out in the real world and execute. And Elon and I talked about it, the fact that that segment group of people that have all that experience is dwindling and there's no mentorship going on to pass things down, if you will. And so taking that as you are in this way, quote unquote, not mentoring the Quadra family from the Coughlin way of life or the Jegs way, if you will, how are you looking to find your replacement at the point that Scott Woodruff <laughs> walks away are you i mean do you look or analyze other people in the pr world for motorsports and go hey i really like this person resembles me and and has the attributes hey i i, I want to work with you or guide you or mentor you how does that work for scott what's your longevity look like you know i it's the world moves pretty quick now so technology wise these kids they definitely got it going on now um you know, yeah, there are some people out there and there are some people I talk to on a fairly regular basis that ask questions or know that they can reach out. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's some track operators that call, um, you know, I'm fortunate that, that I get to hear a lot of what goes on because probably because of the Jags background, really, because, you know, it, it was like, to be able to understand the situations from being a, a team owner, a sponsor, a, a, a team member, a crew, you know, I mean, all these different scenarios and be able to think through things. Um, you know, a lot of times I might look at a situation differently than you do, you know, and the only way you learn about that is, is, to ask the question, okay, that's cool. Why, you know, or what makes you think that, or what, why do you feel that way? Um, and I think those are healthy discussions. I think those happen, happen a lot more than, than people think. Um, 
you know, like for example, Elon, you know, I, I came up to him, I said, dude, you killed it this weekend. And he's like, thanks. He goes, man, that's, a, that means a lot, you know, coming from you. And I'm like, nah, you know, I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, you know, him and I used to get picked on when force and Jags would be the only ones that would get any ink, <laughs> you know, back from all the, all the PR people, but you know, uh, you know, whether it was, you know, Dave Densmore, you know, somebody that you, you, you know, when I was, when I was starting off, man, I, I went to those guys and asked questions, you know, um, that's, I think that's, that's just what you have to do. I think once you figure out that the, you know, specifically drag racing is, is a very small world, um, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think you need to realize there's a lot more people in your career that are watching you than what you think, you know, whether you work for a team, you're driving a car, you're driving a rig, you're, I mean, it's, uh, it's a pretty small world. You get to hear, hear of plenty of mistakes that people made, um, you know, but it's fun. It's fun too, you know? So, well, I couldn't agree more from that aspect. And, you know, when I look at what you've done in the short, you know, let's say 90 day period, right? The rebranding with the quadra cars, you did a lot of appearance, getting the, the branding, the image of it to look correct, if you will, uh, stand out, be more photogenic. Uh, there's, there's been a lot that you've done, uh, in the short period of time that, you know, I remember one conversation with you, like, I guess it was back in 2010, uh, right. As I was getting ready to leave the, the army at Indy and you made a comment in just passing about the fact of looking clean and presentable with the way the pit looked your your vehicles your assets the golf cart and so forth and that conversation it lasted less than five minutes has been something that when i look at how you've done things with jegs across any level of racing right whether it was mikey's top dragster car or his top sportsman car or the cobalt or super stocker or super comp car or super gas car it did not matter um just the appearance it did not matter where it was in the country how small the the community or attendance may be or how large the attendance may be everybody always looked the same and it didn't matter and that's something that i feel like a lot of people don't give the credit to it's the small details that make you stand out in the corporate world uh and makes you you know memorable um and I think that's uh, I think that's one thing for you. Uh, you know, it's always awesome to hear me to hear you say to me when I ask you a question about having conversations and mentoring people. And, you know, Elon was the same way. He's like, I talked as many as I possibly can because the sport is shrinking. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, you know, sincerely it is. And so uh, I just wanted to let you know that I think it's awesome that you're still sticking around. You're still impacting. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, it, it is, it's nice to see, it's kind of that, you know, we want to see what's Woody going to do next. You know, what's the, what's Woody got over in the elite camp and you've got just, I mean, 
man, if that's not a flaming circus show over there, (laughs) I, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just, there's so many things that are there inside that organization and inside that family to capitalize on, to leverage. I mean, just go, you know, it's just like, it's a slippery slope. I mean, you could just find one thing and the next thing you know, you're over here doing something else with it. And so I'm excited to see what you bring to the table for them. Uh, you know, moving forward as Erica just runs rampant over everybody. Like, a yeah, she's team. having, she's having a season, man. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, this is, this is as tight, you know, as I've ever seen pro stock really like legit, everybody's got a shot to win, but she's just, she's been lights out on the driving, you know, and, and, uh, and the guys have a very good, very good set handle on her car on what it's going to do. And when you, you have that combination of, of somebody like that behind the wheel, that's, that's got blood coming out of their mouth um, and very focused. And you've got a car that's re- the repeatability's there and it's doing what you, what you think it's going to do before, you know, after you tell it to do something, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, it's, uh, Aaron's had a great, having a great year. TJ's had a great year. Um, you know, Bo, Bo will get him up to, up to snuff and, and, uh, just getting some of the bugs worked out of the Quadras program still. And, and, um, I think you'll see more, you'll see more out of them. I think you'll see a, you know, we'll assemble a, assemble better better group of people that that can work um work better in that environment so and that's and that's a lot like you know i i told somebody the other day they 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 they're not a big racer or anything like that and they, and they didn't understand how you know you could have seven cars well gosh you guys you just set them all up the same and all the engines are the same and i'm like right well, so let me tell you what if you had seven girls you took seven girls on the same date. You did the same thing at the same time and sat at the same table and drove the same. I mean, you're going to have seven different outcomes, period. You know, so I, I explained, you know, a lot about in very general terms how the car, the engine, the driver, they all have personalities and how they get down the track. So um, the biggest thing is just figuring that out. And, and they figured it out with Erica for sure. No, that's an absolute, well, I'm not going to keep you much longer. I got two more questions for you and I'll be quiet while you answer first, give our listeners, the racers, the marketers, the guys that are out there that are grinding away, trying to make the next level, give them one tidbit of advice, just a small tidbit to what they should focus on. Try to do something the simplest thing that someone is not doing that they should be doing when it comes to motorsports marketing and then i'm going to get you you've got to give me your wtf for 2022 uh person if you remember the last time we had you on the wtf christmas card i gotta have that as you close out woody and i'll give you the floor oh man um what was the first question no give our (laughs) What was it actually? Give give our listeners, our racers, motors. Oh, okay, yeah. Got give it. them one small thing to do. Do better yeah, in twenty three. I, I think um, realize that you're your own brand. You know what you say. What you say 
uh, matters. So make sure you follow through on the things that you do and, and, uh, and people notice that because plenty of people don't follow through. That's solid advice. Now give me your WTF Christmas card for 2022. Who are you sending it to? Oh man. Nobody listens. We only have like 500 listeners. I send it to the bull that took a shit in the, uh, in the winter circle. <laughs> that On was quite funny. No, it, that it, was... It, yeah, it was funny, it's... man. I, Jake and I are literally sitting there behind the car. We're watching this thing. I go, dude, it's going to happen. He's like, what? I said, that thing's getting ready to take shit. And he's like, no, and he did he's too. Like, he's like, it is. And we both looked at each other that started and then we're high fiving each other. Absolutely. So, so far, Absolutely. that's my moment of the year, actually. That, that's that your WTF for the year. I don't know if that beats TJ's first win, though, but it's pretty close. Okay. All right. Well, we'll let, I mean, I don't know that I can get the bull on to defend himself for the WTF moment. I typically try to get whoever the WTF is to come on the show so we can have a little defense time for him, give them their opportunity. Right. But, uh, I did, when I saw that photo, I went, Oh my God, well, but I it's still, a bull. I'm still laughing thinking about it. I'm going to get that one blown up here in my office for sure. Cause it's too funny or tell my wife that it has to be at my funeral or something. Oh, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I had to put it in the welcome area at Elite in Winniewood. That'd be good. Go. That would be good. Be well, Scott, hey, I really do appreciate you taking time out. I know you're a busy person. The end of the season's coming up on the NHRA side. SEMA show, full-fledged, like you said, pedal down for 2023. Greatly appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. Anytime. Thanks for having me. There you go, folks. The one, the only, never going to be imitated or duplicated. Scott Woody Woodruff for Elite Motorsports. The past weekend, if you will, a lot of things transpired across the world of motorsports. If you were in the world of drag racing, you were more than likely tuned into the quote unquote OG million dollar race going on down at Montgomery Motorsports Part Act. Uh, see, I apologize, Capital City Motorsports Park and the Folk family and everything that went on for that promoting organization this week with weather that seemed like we probably should have been racing snowmobiles instead of race cars down the eighth mile surface there in Montgomery. And then along the way, we had the explosiveness of the Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace start to fade off into the shadows in Homestead, Miami, as John Hunter Nemechek took over the driving duties for Bubba Wallace. And that event took place this past weekend with not a lot to eh, get excited about. I mean, the end of the race was probably the most exciting John Hunter I'm sure he probably doesn't even want to talk about the race as it wasn't the best in the world for him. But as far as the ongoing controversy, right, it seems like NASCAR's always had always has some sort of controversy going on within their organization. And, and I say that and it's tongue in cheek because NHRA drag racing F1, everyone is throwing their hand or hat, if you will, into the ring with these controversy talks right now so I, I guess the next thing we'll be waiting on is nhra to bring out their controversy in the financial talks as f1 is 
in the news. NASCAR has been in the news as far as the charter values and revenue splits and so forth in the past weeks. And it just seems to be that as the quote unquote silly season, right. Of the, of motorsports is moving right along and so many things moving right along. It's, it's hard at times to just not get drugged down about negative media. And so the, the negative media point of it kind of made me sit back over the weekend and, and take a moment to try to find a positive perspective, right? So everything that goes on in the media, media outlets always seem to tend to put in their reporting some sort of, let's just say spin, right? The, the PR spin, right? We want the clicks. We want the the excitement and what it is that we're reading, right? We, we want that. And it goes on in the world of, of social media with Twitter and, and bit links. And, you know, you're trying to make sure that the wording grabs, grabs your attention as the, as the consumer of the information and gets you to click and follow and like, and subscribe and racers of rental cars podcast. We're no different, right? We, we want you to like us. We want you to subscribe. We want you to, to get notified when we drop an episode because, hey, that's what moves the needle, if you will, for marketing partners and sponsors. And it seems to be sometimes that we get wrapped up with trying to find the, the first to report or the grabbing of the title and so forth. And if you think about it, you can almost apply that to the world of what went on with CBD, with sports gambling when it came to motorsports. Certain organizations sat back, they waited. Let's see what happens. How is society going to react to this? Were our consumers, were our marketing partners, will they, you know, will, will the the generational gap, if you will, will they dig their heels in the ground? All of these thoughts are going through my head this past weekend because it it just seems like we never can find let let's talk about the good stories right let's find the things that are that are going on to try to help the sport and and i had to take pause and think back to a few weeks ago marcus smith and smi when they were at charlotte nascar was at charlotte for the roval there was social media comment about the NASCAR Midway and NASCAR team apparel, the team apparel for the drivers and so forth that typically, right? Most racing organizations, sanctioning bodies charge a percentage of revenue or a fee spot for the real estate that the individual driver or team for their apparel rig or whatever they may post up tent, you know, easy up, whatever the case may be to allow the team and the drivers and sometimes manufacturers to be able to sell, if you will, their items. Right. And so there's a piece of that revenue sharing going on. And Marcus Smith made a post on in Twitter 
for Charlotte and said, you know what? I'm not going to charge you a fee. You want to bring your race trailer, your apparel trailer out here? We're going to let you. I'm not charging you a fee. Bring it. Make the midway bigger and better. Make it great. And it ran like wildfire on Twitter. But I never actually saw anything in the mainstream social media world, if you will, uh, of, of that. And if I'm wrong, somebody I'm sure out there will send me an, an email and let me know that I'm wrong. But I was finding that being a positive thing for not only the sport, but the individual spectator and the race team, the driver, uh, to to be able to have those connections, right? I'm I'm old. I'm I'm four months away from turning fifty, and I remember NASCAR days when when the apparel trailer was where the drivers went, and you were able to stand in line and get autographs and get your picture taken with them, and they they had posted up schedules of when they were going to come, and parents with their kids and. Uh, you know, guys with their girlfriends or girlfriends with their boyfriends or whatever the case was, grandparents with their grandkids standing in line to meet these iconic individuals to get an autograph. That's where you went, right? That's how you did it. And then, you know, it, it started to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle and, and so forth. Now, I can say that the NHRA world, you know, that, that practice still goes on. There's still a, a fee, a revenue split, if you will. Um, that is in effect at NHRA events, but these NHRA teams are starting to, to grasp that and post up their drivers or their team drivers, Toyota, Mopar, so forth, and putting them there on location to get traffic back to their apparel. Right. And that's a good thing. I, you know, a lot of people are quick to point out what, what's wrong, right? It's always the what's wrong. And, and I get that. I, I, you know, I get that. Right. But the what's wrong didn't happen overnight and it's definitely not going to get fixed overnight. So I think the what's wrong is, is that you have to have a proposed solution that comes with baby steps that is a win-win for everyone. And that's very difficult, right? Because a lot of people want to be greedy or they want to come out on top. Uh, they want to, you know, more, more for less and so forth and so on. And it's very difficult when uh, you sit back and you take the NASCAR point of view and the, the executives are, are out in the media and they're pushing that the NASCAR teams are what brings the value to NASCAR. And, you know, so th they want more, they want more of the revenue sharing. And, you know, I, I'm, again, I'm trying to find the good in everything. And it's, it boils down to the fact that they're not wrong, right? They need to be able to, function in a business-like structure and not rely 100% on marketing dollars. They need apparel sales and they need everything that goes along with that, right? All their B2B opportunities, all of the media, everything that goes along with it. 
they need it. We all do for every level. And you look across the board at motorsports sanctioning bodies and you go, okay, what are they doing that's that we're not, or if they're doing something we are doing and they're doing it better, how do we improve on that? Right. Do we look at that? How can we try to get that to, to be a function uh, of our event style or our organization and layout? And I think there's a lot of great minds that are out there and, some that are probably listening this week to the podcast and you might have great ideas, but it's the proposal of it, or it's the presentation of the idea of why it gets listened to, or it doesn't get listened to, right? It's always about the delivery. And I, at the end of any conversation before responding, think about the fact of, okay, I don't want to tell you, no, I want to figure out how to tell you. Yes. And it's a, I mean, it's like a line that was embedded from a, from a military standpoint that listening to leaders say, okay, you may have a better way to do this, right? So I'm willing to listen as long as you have a better idea. If you're just telling me, no, you don't want to do it or that's dumb. Okay. Well now tell me why it's dumb. Now, if you don't have a follow-up with that to, to correct it or do it better, then you don't, you get to be quiet. You don't get, you don't get a vote. You don't get to say anything. You have to have a solution. If you say, oh, that's a bad idea. You, you have to have the, this is why it's a bad idea. However, this is how we could make it work. Or what, what, what do we look at? And I think a lot of times, even us racers, right? Because I am, I'm a racer. Uh, I'm fortunate that I can sit back sometimes and swap hats around and figure out, okay, that's, I get that from a, a leadership or an executive side, why they made that decision. Okay. I can get that. I can get there. And then I can put a marketing hat on and go, okay, this is why they did that. Or you put the race car driver hat on and go, okay, this is why they did that. But sometimes we, we're not, we're not very quick uh, on on trying to find the positive, right? We're so quick to point out the negative. And I think that's what happened today on Monday as I'm recording in our news cycle. We had some negativity come out uh, that everybody's jumping on a negativity angle instead of trying to look at the positive side of it. So what I want to do is jump into the fact of Tony Stewart announcing that he is going to run Top Alcohol Dragster in Vegas. And... Instead of everybody going, man, that's awesome. We we got a few people of, well, what happened to great points? Tony hasn't competed yet. Now, all of a sudden, he's allowed to drive at a national event. And, and I had to do some digging around and send some secret squirrel text messages out and here and there to, to come up with it because... I too initially was like, well, maybe we're bending the rules. And when I say we, I say we is from the point of NHRA because, hey, I'm a motorsports guy. And without NHRA motorsports and other forms of motorsports, I don't really have a job. So I always say we, right? So uh, it, I asked the question and it was quickly answered. And I thought it was awesome that it was. 
and I'm going to read it to you verbatim because I think that's the best way to do it. But it's, you know, I'm a rule book guy. I mean, everything in the military is in a manual, they say, right? So everything's black and white and so forth. So I thought this would be a black and white thing. And when I went scurrying through the rule book, I could not find it. Uh, and there was a good reason because it's not in the rule book. It is in the competition manual. And this is how the quote reads. Owner credits may be awarded in cases involving a driver change. The owner must have grade points from the previous year for the category entering. This in point is the McPhillips family. They own the car that Tony Stewart will be competing in. Owner grade points cannot be a combination of multiple vehicles or combined with driver grade points. And as always in the business world or motorsports, an HRA approval is required. And there you go. That is the, the quick of it, right? And so can we get over that aspect and turn it into something good? What did I see good about it? Well, one, if you looked at the artwork from Tony Stewart Racing that was related, you had CarQuest Auto, Car Auto Parts on the side of his car, as well as Mobile One. Well, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of oil companies, right? I'm a VP racing guy. We have VP racing oil that we run in our organization. We compete on the Lucas Oil Series. There's Redline Oil, there's Royal Purple, there's JR1, and high-performance lubricants. The list goes on and on, right? Competition in the marketplace, in the space. So I thought that was great. Mobile One's always been involved with Tony Stewart. I think that's amazing. Welcome over into the world of NHRA drag racing. And it was great to see CarQuest Auto Parts back. Now, most may or may not know, but CarQuest is actually owned by Advanced Auto Parts. And Advance has been gone for a little bit, right? And is, is it good? Yes, it's good. Absolutely, it's good. Is there a lot of B2B that's tied to it? I'm sure there is. But again, it's eyeballs. NHRA steps up and they put the media for full court press on. And I think that's great. Now, let's keep going, right? Let's keep going. There's a lot of individuals in the world of NHRA drag racing that the media push can also help. Now, that also being said, for all of those individuals out there, you have to be able to present it to NHRA. You, if you're a, a regular listener of the podcast, you know that Kelly Antonelli works for Tony Stewart Racing. She Tony Stewart Racing has their own PR that handle for, for Leah and Matt. And so the press release was written, the artwork was provided, and it's been blasted all over social media and into all of our email inboxes from all the media outlets put the work in and spend the money to help NHRA be able to promote you. You'll be hearing from Megan Meyer in the upcoming weeks, and you will hear her talk about that. And I, that's one of the things that Megan Meyer, or in this case, Randy Meyer racing does for their in-house drivers that come onto their team, you know, and, 
she did it for Travis. She's done it for Matt. And, and you have to promote, you have to self-promote yourself and the organization will do that, but you've got to give them the information. So uh, kudos to Tony Stewart racing, Kelly Antonelli and the team over there. Great job. I'm looking forward to the attention that Tony Stewart is going to bring. I have laughed my way through Twitter uh, for some of the comments about Tony being an NHRA competition. Uh, but I would also probably laugh if some of our drag racers decided to go enter the Daytona 500. Right. So um, again, I'm trying to always, and I think we need to, we need to try to find the positive spin about what's going on in any of the world of motorsports, especially during these tough times. Uh, the economic turn is coming. If you sit back and start reading a lot of the business news, you know, interest rates are climbing, declining rates of value for our assets and our property that we all have and so forth and so on. So before you, before you jump up on the negative train, let's get on the positive train. So that's my soapbox, if you will, uh, in regards to the comings and goings of the world of motorsports. But I want to close out with one other item uh, before the, the guest interview, and that's the F1 spending cap, right? So NHRA, they came up with the next-gen car, which kind of puts restrictions on, well, it doesn't kind of, it really does put restrictions on the cars themselves, right? The R&D, the engineering aspect of it, try to, to kind of save the race team from their spending. F1, they just said, okay, guys, this is your spending cap. You can't spend more than this in a year. And now we have this team saying that this team's inflated hospitality costs or they're, they're kind of end arounding the rule book and they're accusing accusing of cheating, right? Or back and forth. And we've got some of these great, large persona and personality guys uh, from F1, which I hope that they're, they're like videoing all of this and it's going to be part of the next driven uh, season on Netflix. Cause that will be really cool. Um, they're, they're going back and forth at each other. And I wonder, and I'd love to have some feedback from some of the superstars that are out there. I wonder what would happen if we implemented spending cap and NHRA. I wonder if we implemented that and you had to, you had to supply that, right? Or uh, would that control the ever rising costs in drag racing, I wonder, I wonder, I know I've got a couple people in mind that listen on a regular basis and I'm hoping that I'll hear from them. And if, and if you've got your own personal ide ideology about it, by all means, don't hesitate to drop me in an email. It's in the description. It's the Don at streetwaymedia.com. I would love to hear individual feedback if you will. And if some of you are out there, I want to remain nameless from some of the teams that I know you listen as you travel back and forth across the country. I will definitely take that input as well, because I don't really know exactly where I'm going to fall on a spending cap. And I've always thought about it at the, at the Lucas oil level of 
some sort of claiming operation, right? Or a quote unquote uh, spend or something that could help. Because uh, it does seem that we're always battling the cost of everything to function. And so uh, based on the weekend that the Folk family had in Montgomery for their million dollar race, I'm going to tell you that the world of quote unquote sportsmen or bracket racing is alive and well, absolutely 110%. So again, I want to make sure to give them a large shout out and also at the same time, cannot set aside what happened down at Alabama International Dragway in Steel. If you've never been there, it's a great little place off the beaten path, if you will. But the, the interstate videos that showed up on social media for no prep kings, all I can tell you is, wow. That goes to show you that there are people out there that will pay for ticket prices to come in, see a production, see a show, and enjoy themselves on a weekend when they could have been watching probably college football. Because remember now, it was in Alabama. That being said, we're going to get into our guest episode spot for this week. Look forward to hearing from you guys next week as you're out there and about. As always, please do us a favor, rate, write, subscribe. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And I'll have a special guest for you next week. Some guy named Cameron Ferre is going to stop by. Co-host will be back on board. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.